Welcome to Book Clips, a weekly podcast featuring author readings, produced by the Lesbian Review, connecting lovers of lesfic with lesbian authors. You can find more information on this book in the show notes. And don't forget to help others find this podcast by rating and subscribing on iTunes, Podbean and Stitcher. Nothing to Lose by Claire Lydon Chapter 1 It was 4am when Scarlet woke up to the insistent banging on her blue wooden front door. It came in great thumping thuds, making her eyelids spring open with fear. She rolled over and reached for her lamp. There was shouting now, too. Scarlet's heart began to gallop as she flung back the duvet, grabbing her red dressing gown which was in a huddle on the floor. Who the heck was at her door at this time in the morning? Whoever it was, they wanted to tell her something urgently, and that thought made her hurry all the more. What if something had happened to her twin brothers, Fred or Clark? Ice crackled in her veins. Not after Mum and Dad. Please don't let anything have happened to Fred or Clark. The banging got louder. Okay, I'm coming! Scarlet snapped on the hallway light and squinted as her eyes adjusted to the harsh glare. She'd been meaning to get a shade to house the bulb, but that task had somehow got swamped on her never-ending to-do list. She ran up the stairs as the shouting came into sharp focus in her ears. Hello, police, open up, anybody home? Scarlet fumbled with her door keys, goosebumps breaking out all over her skin. It was cold enough to snow in her flat, never mind outside. She took a deep breath, pulled her dressing gown tighter, and opened the door. On the other side was a police officer, helmet under his arm. He looked about twelve. Then again, as she was nearing forty, everyone was beginning to look young to Scarlet these days. His face was creased with concern, and when he exhaled, she could see his breath all around him. I'm sorry to wake you, but they're about to open the flood barrier, and I'm afraid you've got to get out. He paused, apparently searching for the next words. They eventually came. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad tidings, but the likelihood is your flat will be flooded, so take what you want with you. You've got half an hour. Scarlet blinked at him. Fear bunched in the back of her throat, quickly followed by confusion and nausea. What did he just say? Flat. Get out. Half an hour. Flooded. Her brain couldn't compute any of the words, much less put them in anywhere near each other. Not when it came to talking about her flat. This was her haven, the only safe place she had left in this whole wide, disastrous world. What the fuck was he talking about? Sorry. Her forehead scrunched as she tried to make sense of the situation. I don't understand. Wouldn't the flood barrier stop us being flooded? She'd been promised this when she bought the flat, that it hadn't flooded for over 60 years. Even though you're by the river, it's very unlikely, her estate agent had said at the time, handing over his red shiny pen. He'd been especially proud of that fact. The police officer shrugged, his eyes apologetic. I'm just the messenger, madam. The barrier's electrics have failed and they can't risk it getting stuck and flooding more, so the Environment Agency has ordered it to be opened to save as many homes as possible. They're trying to limit the damage to hundreds of homes and businesses rather than thousands, but unfortunately yours is one that might be sacrificed. We're preparing everyone for the worst-case scenario. Scarlet shook her head. There must be some mistake. This couldn't be happening. The estate agent had said so. Her body was frozen to the spot, her brain stalled. She'd thought her life couldn't get any worse than the previous weekend, but now this? 
there was such a thing as a god, he or she was having a ruddy good laugh. So you're telling me I've got to get out now? What, right now? She pointed a finger to the floor. He nodded again, turning to his right. She could hear one of his colleagues telling the same story to a neighbour, Ben, who had two dogs. He was going to be less happy than her. Afraid so. Take what you want and get out. Get to the community hall and you'll be sorted from there. She gripped the doorframe to steady herself. Wooziness swamped her brain. And there's no chance you could be wrong. I mean, you said yourself it was just the worst possible scenario. He winced, then ran a hand over his stubbled chin. Scarlet reckoned there was at least three days' growth. It's the worst possible scenario, but if they're opening the flood barrier and you're a basement flat by the river, I'd say the likelihood of you being affected is 100%. If I were you, I'd take everything that's valuable or irreplaceable with me now. He paused, looking past her, his eyes kind and sympathetic. Will you need any help with children or animals? His words stung even this early. No, it's just me. Scarlet didn't have a child or a pet. It was just her, like always. Unworthy, unloved, all alone. And even when her life had suddenly turned into a disaster movie, it was still being brought up to twist the knife that little bit further. The police officer nodded, already turning away. I'll be back in a bit to make sure you've left. His boots squeaked on the pavement as he turned. Then he glanced back. And I really am sorry about this. He gave her a pained smile and ran along the road. Scarlet peered out onto the street and held up her hands at her neighbour opposite, a balding man named Mark who always wore terrible animal print fleeces. Can you believe this, she said, rubbing her eyes. Mark's movements were in slow motion. It was the reason I moved here to escape the flooding, he said. And now they're opening the barriers? It's beyond words. He shook his head and walked back into his flat, kicking his doorframe as he did. Scarlet stood on her front doorstep and glanced up and down the street, buzzing with flashing lights and shocked utterances as news spread. Every property's front light was blazing, but the air was still, just like it should be at 4am. There was no great feeling that something was about to happen, but apparently it was. She stepped back inside and closed her front door with a heavy thunk. Then she rested her forehead against the cool hallway wall and listened to her elevated heartbeat in her ears. Badoom. 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 Half an hour. Scarlet stood in her lounge staring at her possessions. Did she want any of them, honestly? Last weekend, she'd read an article on suicide and idly contemplated what it might be like. Kicking away a stool, hanging herself with a belt, overdosing on pills. It turned out they all required research and she didn't really have the energy for that, so she'd parked it. Now, she was thinking that had been a mistake. If she was dead, she wouldn't have to deal with this, would she? She could just stay in the flat and wait for the water. Would anybody miss her? She doubted it. At work, they'd probably put her absence down to the flood. Within weeks, she'd be forgotten, just somebody they used to know. And she hadn't been in touch with her brothers for a couple of months. How long till they noticed she was missing? The only place her absence would be keenly missed would be on the touchlines of Dolshaw FC, her beloved local football club. Matt and Eamon would miss her swearing, that was for sure. Scarlett grabbed a rucksack from her wardrobe and began putting her essentials in it. Wallet, passport, phone, tablet, laptop. She walked through to the living room and stared at her shelves, full of books and CDs, the story of her life. She couldn't take them with her. The first stab of regret hit her, and it almost took her breath away. In her old life, in happier times, this had always been one of those questions her mates would ask down the pub after a few pints. Scarlet, Liv, Nancy and Sarah, three pints in down the Golden Lion, crisps ripped open on the table to share, music blaring, cheeks red, senses dulled. 
It had been their Sunday routine for well over a year. Lunch followed by a few pints. Your house is about to burn down and you've got minutes to get out. What would you take? Liv has always gone for their dog, Alfie, jewellery and her photos. Nancy always said her record collection. She'd been a vinyl nut. Sarah never knew what she'd take, so they'd always surmise that Sarah would be burnt alive trying to make the decision. Scarlett had always been the one who said she'd just walk out and leave, not giving a thought to any of her possessions. It's only stuff, she'd said. It's replaceable. By the time you collected your record, you're dead from smoke inhalation. But now, standing in her lounge on a peaceful January morning, she wasn't so sure. She didn't want to lose her books and CDs, or her photos. She might not like her life, but did she really want it all washed away like it had just never happened? This has been an episode of Book Clips, a lesbian talk show podcast produced by The Lesbian Review. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please help others to find it by rating and subscribing on iTunes, Podbean and Stitcher. If you are an author interested in sending us a book clip, go to thelesbiantalkshow.com reading for more information.